Welcome to the Mature and Multiply podcast, a production of CMC. This podcast is dedicated to telling extraordinary stories from ordinary people in the local church. Join your hosts, Caleb Reed and Delaney Utzi, as we connect with everyday people who are engaging their community for Christ. We hope you're inspired to take action in your own sphere of influence. Hey guys, welcome back to the Mature and Multiply podcast. Uh, my name is Caleb Reed. I'm here with our co-host, Delaney. And our guest for today is Jared Chase. Jared uh, is a local pastor here in the Plain City area. And um, yeah, I think we, Jared, you and I have known each other distantly for several years, but more uh, in the last couple of months here, gotten a little more acquainted and um, yeah, so excited to learn more about you today and hear more of your story and you, just your engagement in the community. Um, and I, I see you everywhere. Like <laughs> you're, you're just one of those guys that, and, and today's a little different cause you're missing your Jonathan Alder pioneers baseball, pioneer baseball shirt. Um, but I literally see this guy everywhere. Soccer fields. Um, I see you at the dirt Dutchman, like all these places around. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of shows me that you're connected and engaged with your community and, and, and the area around you. And so today we just want to kind of dive into your life, um, who you are, what you represent, and um, yeah, just what uh, community engagement looks like for you. So uh, maybe just take us a little bit of time here, introduce yourself, tell us about your family, a little bit more about your church. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Jared Chase, uh, lead pastor at Sharon Mennonite Church uh, there in Plain City. Stones throw from Jonathan Lauder High School, Jonathan Lauder Baseball. Go Pioneers. That's right. That's right. Uh, my wife, Sarah, and I have been married for uh, 17, year, uh, 17 years. Wow. Just celebrated 17 years in September. Uh, we have three wonderful kids. Uh, Emma is 14. Uh, 14, that doesn't seem possible. Uh, Noah is 10, will be 11 in February, and Julia uh, is four. Um and she is um, the game changer in the Chase household. Um, Emma was a rule follower. Uh, Noah was the athlete and continues to be the athlete. And Julia just marches to the beat of her own drum. What she wants, she gets. Um, she has learned the art of... Um, I'll stop short of saying the word manipulation. But... We'll say we'll say she strongly coerces you to get what she wants, like any true youngest would. Right? Are you a young? You, I am. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am a youngest. Right. My brother kind of he sometimes rubs that in my face. He's like, you know, you got what you want. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, I think yeah. Alluded to a uh, lead pastor at Sharon Mennonite for the last three years. Uh, did almost ten years of youth ministry, student ministries before that. Um. Love everything about ministry. Um, not sure who all will hear this, but I would probably admit to you that my heart is still in youth ministry to some extent. Um, love seeing um, students come to that realization of God's love and that um, He did everything He did for that one student. It's mm, good individually, but also collectively. That's a pretty cool realization. That's kind of even more fun when you see it kind of take shape in your own kids' lives. Um, so that's 
been very formational for me. Things I like to do for fun. Uh, very specifically, we've already talked about the baseball thing. Uh, love coaching my son's baseball team. Uh, I've been doing that for the last three years. Um, love to coach all my kids. Um, love just being excited about what they're excited about and um, finding ways to um, be involved in their lives. Um, love to play golf. Spent a week last week playing golf in South Carolina, which was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Uh, the things that I have, uh, find excitement around and enjoy doing. Cool. Do, do the golf clubs ever, like, fly across the green? Uh, one time in my life. Yeah? One time in my life, uh, I threw a golf club. Uh, and, a, and a gentleman <laughs> much wiser uh, and much older than me ex- witnessed it. And said, um, in no uncertain terms, don't ever do that again. <laughs> and I've never done it again. So uh, Doesn't mean you haven't wanted to. Oh, there's plenty of aggravation <laughs> in the game of golf. Plenty of aggravation. Uh, yes. Uh, that's good. That's great. Yeah. Um, so what would you say are some ways that you connect with your community? It's funny that, Caleb, you said to start, you see me everywhere. I have a, I have a friend uh, who actually I've coached baseball with before. And he's often said, um, it doesn't matter where we interact in Plain City, there's always someone else in the building that knows who I am. Um, I, I think more than anything, I just like um, being, uh, my wife would tell you that I'm very um, relational, uh, extreme extrovert. Um, interacting with people is kind of what um, drives me. Um, being relational, being whether I disagree or agree with anyone, everything and anything that people say or do. Uh, I just like being at the table with people. Um, so um, whether it's being involved in the Plain City Church Fellowship or being active in leadership of um, Be the Church in the Past, um, things that things that drive me um, are very reflective in what the Great Commission is of going and making disciples, being visible, baptizing folks, um, not necessarily in the literal sense, um, but just seeing transformation take shape uh, in a community, in individuals' lives. Um, I just like being part of that. I like being with people rubbing shoulders uh, at Red Hen or uh, the Dirt Dutchman or athletic fields. Um, I just like seeing activity and seeing life mm. at work in the community. Yeah, good. Um, something you just said uh, sparked a question and I already lost the question. Um, I'll, I'll ask this question and we'll see if the other question comes back, but you know, people know you as the pastor of the, of a local church. And have you found that like, that's a hindrance or is there this openness that, that pe- people don't look at that and that doesn't create a barrier as you relate with people in, in the community? No, I don't think it's a barrier. I think it's an opportunity to talk about my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, who Jesus is in my life. Um, gosh, where do I want? Um, hindrance? No, I don't think it's a hindrance. I think it's. I think it's more of an opportunity. It's interesting you say that because one of the one of the things that I'm really passionate about is is being with kids in the baseball field. Yeah. Um, and for the longest time, I don't know if it was more of a hindrance in other people's lives as it was in mine. Uh, sp- specific example I'll share with you. Um, my wife. For a long time, I was an assistant coach, and it was kind of creating the opportunity to generate a relationship with the kids, with, with the athletes. And Sarah said to me once, she said, what, 
did you did you pray with the kids before the game the other day? Did you pray? Do you ever pray with the kids before games? And to that point, in my in my role, I, I had never done that. I said, "Well, well, no, I, I didn't do that. Why? Why would you ask that question?" <laughs> she said to me, "She goes, well, why wouldn't you pray? Why wouldn't you pray before a game?" I think I think I had built in my mind this sort of separation, to some extent, mm -hmm. of well. I can do this everywhere, but right here. Like, I don't want to, it sounds really sad for a pastor to be naming that, but there's this, there's this separation. There's this, this, uh, either realistic or, um, unnatural wall that we try to, we tend to build between faithful things and secular things. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, well, those things need to collide. So start doing that. And I started doing that <clears throat> last season and strangely, not strangely, very prophetically, students, the kids started coming to our prayer time and saying, well, I want to do that. Mm. I want to do that. Mm. And it came into this, this this system of, or this sort of practice of, they'll they'll come to me before the game starts and I'll say, okay, who wants the prayer? And inevitably, four or five of them put their hand up and say, look, I want it. that's me this time. Yeah. Huh. It's, it's interesting. So I, I coached my son's soccer team this year out the, in town and i wrestled with the same thing the first night of practice as we were wrapping up i, I what my the nature of what i was going to do was say all right guys let's gather up let's let's pray to close out close out the evening evening and i found myself like pausing and being like um can i do that like do i have to you know and and i wrestled with that all season i, I remember going home and telling my wife it's like that's really weird. Like I want to, but I don't know if I can, you know, and, and, you know, it just, yeah, it kind of wrestled back and forth with that. But, um, that's cool to hear like similar thing, but, but you stepped into that and engaged the students in that way. And now was this, was this like within school sanction or was this like town it travel travel? Traveled, yeah. Mm -hmm. Optim like PCABA sanctioned, uh, okay. So it wasn't at the level of a junior high or a high school. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a, a town affiliated travel yeah. team. Yeah. Hmm. And you know what? I'm not sure, as <laughs> sad as it is to, to admit, I'm not sure I would have done it without that prompting of of Sarah saying, yeah. that needs to happen. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> uh, yes. God places our wives in our lives for a reason. Absolutely. So. Without question. That, um, I don't know. Delaney, jump in when if you have any other questions. Like, um, as far as like interaction with parents, you know, specifically kind of in your role, did you see opportunities arise to 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 minister or to to share faith in some way with parents during that? I think uh, intrinsically within me is just a desire to love on people. Um, you know, I think about some things, some experiences that have happened over the last number of years. Um, for a, a parent of one of our kids, his his or her parent passed away. Just an opportunity to step in and, you know, whether it be a meal or a prayer or um, offering to help with transportation, whatever that case may be, just sort of be the, <clears throat> excuse me, be the hands and feet of Jesus um, either directly or indirectly, but with an intentionality that says, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. How can I then love on you out of the abundance of what Jesus is doing in my life? Mm -hmm. Good. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, how have you seen God move through your involvement in the community? Maybe it's through coaching or just being present in the community hangouts like Der Dutchman and, and places like that. How have you seen God kind of show up as you're present in the community? I think I think mostly it's just in in um, relationships. Um, I don't know that I, I was thinking about that on the way over here. I can't think I can't really identify like an event or a, um, a series of events that have taken place. More of uh, people just begin to understand who I am and what I'm about, um, what the church is about, because of sort of a non-judgmental approach to being with people, mm -hmm. um, creating safe spaces, um, and, you know, engaging and inviting students and people, broadly adults, older adults into spaces of, of shared experience. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's good. So, so one thing I, I know I've, I've seen pictures and heard about like your church doing is um, like one week a year, mm. you kind of have like this intense mission focus on the community. Maybe tell us a little bit about that and like maybe where that came from, what you guys do and, and even some, maybe some wins that you've seen, seen from that. So early in my, my endeavor is, or my role as youth pastor at Sharon, we would do the the group mission trips, the going to Indianapolis or Chicago or, um, gosh, Louisville. We went, we went, we went and did mission, um, and spent a lot of money to do those opportunities, which again, not all bad. Um, but after some series of things, um, one of our leaders, Casey Tice came and had done this, um, work camp through a, an organization called Jackson Area Ministries down in Southern Ohio. He had done it with his dad, with other church leaders in the church he grew up in. And he said, well, can we do this? And initially I just kind of dismissed it. We, we already do that. We don't need to do this. No big deal. But um, I think 2015 or 2016, we went to West Portsmouth, Ohio. If you know anything about West Portsmouth, a lot of drug addiction, a lot of um, poverty, um, and we had the experience of staying in a church. I think we took 15 kids that first year. We stayed in a church. We ate meals there. We showered at a local high school. Um, we did devotion. We did things like that. But we served the community. We built wheelchair ramps. We replaced our roof. Um, and upon returning from that, that, that experience, we decided, we thought, well, if that's happening in Southern Ohio, why, why couldn't it happen in Plain City? Mm. So for the last... Six years, save one for COVID. We skipped one for COVID. Staying COVID. <laughs> uh, we've been doing that ministry uh, in our own context in Plain City, Ohio. So we yeah. we set this radius of about thirty miles. We try to keep everything within thirty miles any direction, so we're not spending so much time in a car mm -hmm. traveling. So we stay at the church. We eat at the church. We shower at the uh, field house at Jonathan Alder. Um, we do devotion at the church. We sleep. Um, and every day we go into the community. Um, we've, we've built wheelchair ramps. We've done landscaping. We've replaced roofs. Um, roofs? Roofs? What is that? Um, we have to ask. She's our... Roofs? I was going to say politically correct. That's like not the right... 
Grammatically, grammatically correct. Grammatically yeah. correct. <laughs> Grammar, aficionado. Uh, yes, I would say roofs. Roofs, okay. Yeah. Roofs, good. So I was right the first time. I should have just skipped like on right by it. Roofs. Yeah. yeah. Roofs. So we've been doing that within the context of our community. Um, we've developed a relationship. We've not only with students um, who are outside of our congregation, who are friends of our congregants, but with those we serve. Um, and if you have even seen some folks um, sporadically begin to engage life with the church. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think in our, in, our, in our highlight of this ministry, we had 106 students wow. one week. Um, again, COVID has sort of crippled it. We're, we're on, the, on the rebound, trying yeah. to get back up to our numbers prior to COVID. Um, but again, it's not about numbers. It's about relationships and the impact it's made in the community. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I, I mean, I grew up in a local church here where, you know, we did the mission trip. We went out and, and I remember one year, like we were having a hard time finding like a location to go. And my parents, I'm pretty sure my parents were one of the ones that said like, well, why don't you guys do something local? Mm. We're like, no, like <laughs> our, our community's taken care of everything, you know, but I, I've, I've grown, I've seen it from a distance, seen it happen on social media, you know, what you guys are doing. And, and, and I love the fact that, yeah, you could go have an amazing experience on a, on a trip somewhere out of state, overseas, great experience, costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, I, hosting groups in, in Arizona for the last several years, they, they invest a lot of money. Sometimes I'm like, man, I, just send me the check mm-hmm. and we'll do some great things with that check. But, but it is, there's, there's some good to that, but I love like seeing you guys engage the community and, and your church is one that stands out in my mind as somebody that's engaged the community, um, regularly for as long as I can remember. I remember coming to, to the church for basketball games mm-hmm. for whether it was nieces or nephews, playing basketball on Saturday mornings and, and, and just the fact that you guys open up your place to that, to, to people to come in and do things like that. And, um, it's just really encouraging, um, to see those kind of things because that's helping to kind of break down that wall between those who are maybe disconnected or disengaged to the local church and the local church. And it helps to kind of bridge that gap. And, and I, I think just from, as the more I get to know you personally, like I see you as that kind of person, you know, sit down with anybody, have a conversation with anybody, engage anybody. And, and it, it, it really helps to, to bridge that, that gap between the community and, and, um, students mm-hmm. young and old. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the great thing about reaching the local community and doing things like that is that you can sustain the relationships past the, the time of the mission. And mm. that's the thing with overseas missions and out of state trips is that you're there for a week, you're there for three weeks, whatever, but then you go back to your hometown. And so I think that that's something that's special about doing things locally is that you can sustain the relationship past the time of serving, um, which is really cool. In fact, uh, my, if my leaders hear this, they'll probably just roll their eyes like they always do. <laughs> Uh, I've, I have this dream, you know, back when we were at 110, 120 kids, 
students in the ministry for a week, I have this dream of making it more than just a one week mm. endeavor. Like, okay, so let's maybe we limit week to week how much we're doing, um, but do it more than more than one week at a, like consecutively. Because mm. yeah. one thing that we really pride ourselves on is we commit to the work that we complete it, we get it done. But it would be really nice if we could commit to some larger projects that take yeah. more than a week at a time, mm-hmm. but then would sort of push us into that realm of, okay, so we're not just doing this for a week. We're doing it for three weeks with different sets of kids, different sets of volunteers, mm-hmm. um, thereby broadening our scope of individuals and capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's cool. That's cool. Um, I had dreams of those things happening at my time in Arizona and my wife always rolled her eyes when I'd share those things. And, <laughs> but I'd be like, this is going to be amazing. Like, we're going to just have a great time and, and we'll sleep. We'll sleep when we're done. Yep. It's okay. You know, we're, we can rest when we're done. <laughs> dream big, right? Bob Goff, uh, dream big. Yes. Oh man. So cool. Um, well, yeah. So, so kind of, I know, I think we'd emailed back and forth a little bit about, you know, just we're hoping to inspire people like we're we're telling people stories like you how do we say it extra nor extraordinary stories from stories ordinary from people. ordinary people mm-hmm. you know um and so you know when i see you in your office or see you in the community you're not like walking around in a suit and tie uh, do you even own a suit and tie i do actually yeah I, yeah I, up until more recently i've i was i was the suit and tie preacher really yeah oh man yeah so now it's now it's just a jacket sometimes yeah, yeah so but you know in the community just just very relaxed very you know approachable mm. um and so you know as we're as we're kind of just wrapping it up here and 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 looking at what we want our listeners to kind of grasp a hold of and and i think there's been great pieces throughout our, our conversation here but to the, to the person listening that's couple things here to the person that's listening that's saying you know i don't have the time to engage my community my kids play sports i've got i work you know 10 hours a day i've got this i have to do i've got to mow the mowing the lawn is no joke around here (laughs) you know i spent like two sometimes three times a week this summer Mm. mowing the lawn like so there's there's those kind of people that are i'm sure going to be listening to this and and or it's the people that they say, I just don't know how to. So, so how would you encourage, and, and maybe how do you encourage the, the members of your congregation to do some of these things that are simple yet have a huge impact and a lasting impact? Well, I think first and foremost, you can make it easy. I think um, doing the things that you do every day of, the, of your lives, um, do it within the context of being the hands and feet of Jesus. I mm-hmm. uh, think of your illustration about cutting the grass. My my response to you is find someone who loves cutting your grass. For in my case, it's my stepdad. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Since right before COVID, or right after COVID, he has been faithfully cutting my grass for the last four years. No joke. Really. Um, he retired. He loves mowing the grass. He loves taking care of of the, of the lawn and the outside. Like he does everything for me, and I did not ask him. Like it was just hey. Uh, I have the time. I have the resources. I'm gonna come cut your grass. Yeah. Um, and he, he. I'm not sure he sees it this way. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. But he is loving me. Um, 
by by doing a gift, sharing sharing his time and energy th- with me uh, through the through the love of of cutting my grass. He knows I despise it. Um, there, I'm the kind of person that really despises doing anything repeatedly. Mm. Um, that doesn't really have like individually mowing the grass. Short of it being really good time of thinking about thinking about sermons, I don't like. I just don't like it. It's mm. not. It's not what's life giving to me. Yeah. Uh, the other way I'd answer your question is um, this whole idea of tradition or obedience. Um, I think we can be traditional in the sense of being faithful to our faith community, um, but where where is God calling you to obedience of being active and engaged in anything? Mm. whether it be community ministry or things like work camp, uh, being involved in a podcast such as this, like where is God stirring in your life? Where is he, where, where are the touch points in your, in your day-to-day activities that say, I'm doing this, but why am I doing this? Mm. Is it because it's what we've always done and it's tradition or is it because God is stirring in something and inviting you to something more? Um, I think that was sort of, if I go, if I track all the way back to my first years in youth ministry, um, when, when Sharon was hiring a youth minister the very first time, uh, I said, Hey, Sarah, let's do this. It sounds fun. And without even thinking it was, no, I didn't marry a pastor. That's not, that's not what I'm about. And then within the next two years, the opportunity came again and she's, and without me even saying anything, she said, Maybe maybe we should do that. We should try that. So this idea of a traditional understanding of um, marriage for her and responsibility and vocation and role um, sort of began to um, uh, be secondary to obedience and what what is God? How is God stirring mm. um, in and around things in our lives? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I. Um... And, and I think I love how you guys, you touched on that obedience to, to what God's asking us to do. And, and I'm a huge, um, I don't know what the right word is. I'm a huge, like, I want to push people to think outside of the box and to think outside of the four walls and, Mm -hmm. and to not get stuck there because it's really easy. And, and I'm, I, Sometimes I I have to apologize after I have these conversations. So here's the apology. Sorry, uh, no, but like uh, like I I, I I we need to to disciple and take care of our community of our of our faith community of our church. But but we need to get beyond just that. Like it's it's easy to get stuck in just thinking in that world and losing track of of being obedient and saying. No, God's calling me to go into all the world and reach all people. Mm. Um, I just read uh, this weekend um, the section of scripture. It's in the Christmas story where the angels appeared to the shepherds and they say, we bring you good news of great joy that is for all people. And I grew up in the church. I've heard this story hundreds, thousands of times. Mm-hmm. And this weekend, it just it just hit me like this is for all people. Mm-hmm. It's not reserved for the people that are sitting just in your 
your congregation on a Sunday morning or on your Wednesday night Bible study. It's it's for all people. So how do we get that to there? And, you know, Plain City, a community like Plain City is growing and it's becoming more and more diverse every day. And, you know, I think most of us probably have always thought of Plain City specifically as like a a Christian community, Mm -hmm. right? And, and it's growing and changing and, um, Ace Hardware is now open on Sundays. Uh, never been open on Sundays ever, mm-hmm. but they are now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not opposed to that, but it just, it speaks to, you know, there's this whole new community coming in that is disengaged, disconnected from the truth of the gospel. And so how do we reach them when they're not, they're not just going to walk into your doors on a Sunday morning, Nope. but you're going to find them at Red Hen. Yeah. If you're listening to this, Red Hen, newest hotspot in Plain City. Delicious. What What have you ordered from there that you just love? Uh, I've had the nest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the burger. Um, my wife had the ham and Swiss panini the other day. Like, mm. there's not the cinnamon rolls are fantastic. Like, avocado I, toast. Anybody? Ooh, mm-hmm. not yet. Oh, delicious. Not yet. Delicious. That's what I get. I think I'll pass. It, really? <laughs> no avocado in your life or no, no. toast? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Are oh, you not burn. a fan? Uh, I'm not a big avocado fan. Oh, though. okay. Delaney, you got it. It's got a little bit of uh, feta cheese on there. Oh, okay. Cherry tomatoes, some everything bagel seasoning. Ooh, it's good. Speaking of, <laughs> have you been to the the flower barn yet? No. Out on off of seven thirty six, uh, they're everything bagel Danish. Phenomenal. Oh, my! Like it's just like. The lamentation of their of the layers oh. in their their Dane. Oh. <laughs> I have to check it out. Oh, man, be prepared to time? be prepared to spend a small fortune in that place because it's <laughs> got some good stuff. Uh, yes, that's great. Uh, but but it's it's going to those places and looking for the people and 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 if you're consistent in those places. So I, I try to be consistent in several places throughout the community um, throughout the week. So I can become a familiar face and, and part of it even too, just like listening to conversations. Like Mm -hmm. I was listening to, um, I wasn't eavesdropping. Okay. But, but, uh, yeah, I was in the red hen the other day and just, you hear three or four different conversations going on and, you know, I heard a conversation about like kids and the effects that like social media and, and their kids having a device and this from was from a young mom who had a younger child with her. And she's like, you know, you just would have assumed that she probably just let her kid just do whatever and and whatever. But like, you know, that we always assume those, the -hmm. negative, but Mm -hmm. she was like having this conversation with the person sitting next to her. And it's like, no, like I want my kids to be engaged in the community. I want them to be out. I want them to experience nature and things like that. So you just get to hear, the 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 kind of the heartbeat of the community when you go to those places mm-hmm. and you get to pe- meet the people that that make those places and, and make the community what the community is and so and i would imagine as you listen to those conversations you're immediately thinking about okay so how do i engage that community in that exact way yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and i want to like turn around and be like hey i'm sorry but i wasn't listening but i was listening <laughs> um <laughs> expose yourself <laughs> but because because here's what's going to happen with a place like uh, small town still, you know, Plain City, Red Hen, 
you got people that are meeting up there to have, you know, their Mm one-on-one discipleship conversations. So now they're listening to this and they see me there. They're going to be like, uh, they see Jared. They're going to be like, uh, the pastor's here this morning. We're not saying Um, that. Let's go to Starbucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, but, um, no, just encouraging to, to know that you're out there doing it. Um, I know you're not just sitting in your office every day of the week mm-hmm. thinking about the next sermon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's looking for ways to engage the community. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Anybody, any final words here? Well, I would just say, I think it's really just comes down to seeing the opportunities that God has placed around you. Because I think if we're honest, we can see people in our lives and um, opportunities that are unique to us. And um so yeah, I would just encourage everybody listening to see what God has put specifically on your heart in your life and take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, Jared, thanks for uh, making the trek out here yeah, for joining you. us. Um, thanks and, for inviting um, me. Yeah. Excited to, to get to do this more. So until next time. See you later. See you later. Bye-bye. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram at CMC Rosedale and on Facebook at CMC Rosedale. Don't forget to share this with your friends and family. Thanks for listening.